Okay, welcome to Marketing the Mission. This is a discussion of our marketing call here at Enteos Audiology Cooperative for June 2016. And the topic at hand was creating product services and messages for clients at every level of development. And I want to welcome in Justin Sheehan from Crown Jewel Marketing, our marketing guru uh, on this call. Welcome, Justin. How's it going? Happy June. Good, it's good. Oh, thank you. Happy June to you, too. It's uh, seasonable June here in Seattle, which means it's uh, 50 degrees and cloudy. So, I I also think it's your birthday this month. Ah, uh, well, it, you know, it is my birthday month, and as such, um, I should be celebrated all month long. So, uh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I'll pay I'll pay you back uh, on on your appropriate month. So, um, <laughs> we wanted to kind of jump into this conversation and do a little bit of a review of the call. Um, and what we wanted to kind of highlight is the opportunities that we have to look at our our clients or patients at three different levels of development and kind of talk a little bit about what is the medium and the message that maybe is most salient and, and what are some of the things that, that practices uh, among Entheos membership are doing to try to uh, to address these these different levels of development. So if we start with what I think is is you know really the the, the biggest group that we're trying to reach on uh, on an everyday level in our practices, I think that first group is non-users. Um, Justin, what do you what do you think about kind of trying to reach folks that aren't a client or aren't a customer of your business? What are some of the the things that kind of stand out in terms of um, how we try to reach those folks, whether it's in audiology or in some of the other businesses that you work with. Sure. Sure. So when I, when I think about non-users or non-clients or non-customers at my local McDonald's, I, I really ask why. And I really ask who they are demographically and, and who they are in terms of how much they need that service. So in audiology, why don't they have hearing aids? Why uh, haven't they gone to an audiologist? Not just our audiology practice, but why haven't they gone anywhere? You know, the, these non-users have some level of hearing loss, and maybe they don't think they need it. Maybe they're not ready or they're, they're unaware of the options out there. Maybe they're looking for a solution, but there's so many options or there are too little options, and they just don't know who to turn to or don't know who to trust. Or mm-hmm. maybe there's someone that has tried a practice or maybe a dispenser even or Costco and they didn't like the experience. So we really have to identify where they're at, number one. The number two, who they are and, and are they ready? So mm-hmm. our messages and our, our mediums have to be framed around those two categories. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think that's, that's really critical in, in audiology. And, you know, there's some universality there. There's certainly people that we, we haven't ever, ever really seen because, you know, they don't think they need our services. But we, we do have a big opportunity to reach those folks in terms of uh, prevention or just a baseline hearing test. And then those folks who aren't ready that we've got to kind of move along, folks that are ready and looking for a solution. And then, uh, to your point, kind of that, uh, that group I call the once bitten. Uh, you know, they're, they're mm-hmm. now twice shy and not sure that they're ready to engage. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we talked with some of our member practices and their, their marketing folks, um, we came up with a, a lot of different uh, great suggestions as far as ways to kind of 
interact with this group and kind of kind of tap into it. And I, I think one of the, the the most effective is a is a strong referral program and and really mm. um, incentivizing your existing patients to bring somebody else uh, along into the hearing healthcare program to really let them feel safe, kind of connect us as an organization and them as a patient and really benefit everybody. Some of those programs offer some uh, credit towards supplies, both for the referrer and the referee. Um, there are you know, other things that, that you can do, um, depending on your situation, kind of navigating the, the insurance and inducement laws. But it's really important to get somebody who is credible in the eyes of that potential new patient and can really speak to the value of, of the relationship they have with the practice. I, I thought that was a, yeah. a really important important one. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and, and when I, I, I call uh, patients that uh, give us referrals, I call them referral partners because they're really a partner and an extension of your practice. You think about non-users who are not ready. You think about non-users who are people that are looking for a solution. They're going to trust a friend. They're going to trust a family member who has been through the process, who has worked with your practice and knows how, how it works and knows how you work. And, and they're going to be an extension of that education, an extension of, and really a testimony of, man, this audiologist worked great. They spent this time with me. They really cared for me. It's time for you, friend, to come and, and get this done. Because I think move, moving on to the next point, a lot of these non-users don't know what they're missing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's especially in audiology, you know, you can say that in a lot of other industries, but hearing, the gift of hearing, just overall, it, it's an experience. It's something that if missing, we miss out a lot on life. And, and a lot of these non-users, users, they don't know what they're missing with the gift of hearing, but also with working with the types of practices uh, in entails. And, and I think with the referral programs and even with our marketing and messages, how can we display some of the emotional components of of showing these patients what they're missing, but really what potential they have uh, in their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that's a, a great point. I, I, I think there there is a huge educational component to, uh, you know, helping under, people understand, you know, w- what is the root of this problem that, that they're trying to solve? They, they, they may not fully understand that or fully understand you know, what's in, involved with why that problem is kind of affecting them today. But education alone is, is not enough. That, that really, you know, mm-hmm. does not create a path for someone to seek the help. And it doesn't have that call, that emotional call to action that you're kind of talking about in terms of, you know, you don't know mm-hmm. what you're missing and, and really driving kind of more of that testimonial component that referral partner has. And, Mm-hmm. You know, the, the referral partners are, are still most significant in our industry, our existing patients, and then the, the medical community, the physicians, which is where sure. um, really driving, you know, wellness programs, uh, networks within that medical community are, are really critical in building that reach into those, those not ready, those first timers and those one, once bitten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- there are a lot of channels. There are so many different channels and mediums, and I think audiologists do a good job with focusing on physician marketing and referral marketing and getting the health fairs and talking about the brain and wellness programs. I think 
I think if we put more emphasis on the message and what's the message, and you hit it earlier, it's the education piece, which is more the log- logical side. This is why you need hearing aids. This is why you need good hearing health. But it's also the emotional side. You know, I, I always tell people we think logically, but we buy emotionally. You know, it, it's not logical to spend all this money going on a vacation, but my wife goes ahead and books a vacation anyways because she saw the photos of people having fun on the beach. So logically, it didn't make sense, but she bought it because it was an emotional experience. That's the same thing in, in audiology. We, we need to educate, but also we need to not just focus on that, focus on the emotional side so they can get to the next level. Yeah, it, we have an opportunity to really tap into that that inspirational. So much of the, the education component is really talking about a handicap and gaining normalcy when, when um, we're talking to folks that don't feel abnormal. And that is, I think, historically in the marketing message, much less so today. But, you know, the, the marketing visuals used to be, um, you know, old people on a sailboat or old people sitting on a beach <laughs> or, you know, gray hair and you know, they, they look older and, and that is not, you know, the, the marketing research bears out that we don't see each other or we don't see ourselves at, at kind of our current age. We see ourselves as at least 10 years younger and, yes. and nobody wants to, to kind of be characterized as less than or, you know, having a handicap and just wanting to, to get back to normal. They aspire to being better than that. So that, that's, the that's the key word. Important. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key word. Uh, it, it's aspire. And, and we mm-hmm. call it, marketers today call it aspirational marketing. You look at everything that Red Bull is doing. They have guys jumping off airplanes. They have guys climbing Mount Everest shirtless. They, they do all these crazy things, and they're an energy drink. They want their customers to aspire to be these crazy, sporty type people, even though most of them won't do all the things that they're marketing. Um, but they'll mm-hmm. drink Red Bull. And that's, mm-hmm. I know that's an extreme example, but the, the aspirational marketing, people aspire to feel better, to hear better, to, to have a full life. Mm-hmm. When, when most Red Bull and uh, Monster Energy drink is consumed by guys sitting in cubicles. So um, <laughs> that's, that's good. Marketing. You're one of those, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, one of the, you know, one of the other important components, that, and I think along with that aspirational is with the wellness program and 55 plus screenings and things like that, where we can get these people at a, a level of identification and prevention, you know, you want to benchmark your life. And part of that aspiration and, and growth is kind of understanding, you know, where we are today and some metrics. And I think with health trackers and Apple watches and Fitbits is a, kind of a groundswell around, um, you know, having some data, having some benchmarking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and while hearing is, is still one of the last things that people consider as critical metric in their, their overall health, I think, you know, we have more and more evidence connecting your hearing health with your overall social, mental, physical, um, mm. and even cognitive health as, you, as we, we age. And I think we're, we're really discovering interesting components of brain hearing. And, and I think as we talk about that more and, and own aging in a bigger way, that's an opportunity for us to engage with this group of, of non-users. Yeah. So if we, we move on to that next category of kind of client development, I'm going to call them competitive users. So these are folks that are wearing devices from another clinic. They're not currently our patient. And I kind of separate them into three different categories. One is kind of looking around. You know, they, they have something that's working. 
but they're, they're ultimately seeking some confirmation that I'm in the right place, that I'm in the best hands. I think there's, there's folks that are looking for something better. They're looking for a higher value or better technology. Mm-hmm. They want to continue on this journey. And then there's the scorned lovers. They're, you know, they've had a bad experience. They're wearing their devices. They're less than optimal. And, you know, they're, they're kind of looking for somebody to set them on the right path. So, Justin, we have a difference in this group. These are folks that have raised their hand. They're already in the game. So we, we don't need to kind of educate them from that component. How would you kind of advise somebody to reach into this population, this client at this level of development? Sure. So, yeah, these, like you said, are competitive users. These are potential patients or prospects that already have hearing aids uh, that are looking for better service, better technology. They're looking for better whether that's a better life, better technology, or, or they're seeking sort of that confirmation. And the key word is seek. And when they seek, who's there to meet their needs? Who, who mm-hmm. shows up? And hopefully it's our practice. And when we show up, how do we position ourselves? In my experience and what I've seen in all types of marketing and all types of industries, the best way to position your business, your practice, is as a guide. You are the, the Obi-Wan to Luke Skywalker. You know, Luke Skywalker, if you haven't seen the movie, was this ragtag person, and he meets Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan basically transforms his whole life. He becomes this Jedi and defeats the whole empire. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that was because Obi-Wan guided him to that. And that's the same thing we need to apply to the way we market, to the the way we position ourselves as the guide. We're not the hero in any story or in the buyer's journey. We're the guide. So what's that mean? Every great guide has two characteristics. They have authority and they have empathy. And when we're talking specifically about authority in terms of audiology, I think about you know, our, some of our practices, some in sales practices doing full diagnostics. I think about having AUDs within the practice. I think about you know, having the best technology with the best mm-hmm. vendors, having all the foundational things that, that give patients their best chance to reach your full hearing potential. So that's, that's sort of the authority side, but also I think about the empathy side. You know, and sales practices understand the patient, and sales practices truly care. I mean, they, they, they truly care about the patients, and that needs to shine through the marketing. That needs to shine through the testimonials that uh, patients give. I know in sales practices even have good locations. That, that's a part of empathy is, is talking about we're close to home. So you want to position yourself as someone that's going to guide for the seeking competitive users. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's interesting. And, you know, that guide is throughout the entire care process. And, you know, in my mind, we need to really present the process of care as a long-term treatment plan. And we can change the tack for these folks, whether it's confirmation or, or more value or technology or even that how do we mend a broken heart you know, sometimes that is in a more comprehensive diagnostic where we really communicate what we're doing and why we're doing it. And in many cases, doing more from an, an evaluation standpoint than, than a patient has ever received before. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, communicating that the reason, the purpose of this is because we can get a better solution if we, we know the right questions to ask and we have a better yes. diagnostic blueprint for, for what your challenges are. And, and then that really fits into that empathic sort of component. So we've got the authority of, of technical prowess, of academic achievement and credentialing, and then the, the empathy of, you know, I understand the situation you're in better than anybody else because I've asked you the right questions. I've really actively listened. 
And then mm-hmm. on top of that, we've unearthed a lot of the diagnostic implications and consequences of your particular situation. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that is a, is a great way to think about our opportunity with, with, with these patients and a mm-hmm. way for us to really win them away from the evil empire to extend your, uh, <laughs> to extend your analogy. So if we turn to this third category of, of current users and, you know, these are our patients. They love us. They wouldn't possibly go anywhere else. They're, they're ours for life, except the, the evidence really doesn't bear that out. We know that anywhere from 60 to 80% of current, happy, satisfied patients look around when they, they go to purchase their new hearing devices. And, and who are these patients? These are simply, to somebody else, they're a competitive user who's seeking confirmation. So this is kind of the, the other side of this coin. You know, these are our users that somebody else considers has fallen into the, uh, to the evil alliance because they're our patients and not theirs. So what can we do to really, to really maintain not just satisfaction on these, these user side, but truly loyalty and have them stay loyal with our practice and in our family. What are some thoughts you have about kind of communicating to your existing clientele and your existing customers to, to keep them loyal and to, to keep them staying on the reservation? Mm-hmm. You know, Brady, it's all about nurturing them. It's like any, when you think about relationships, any, any good friendship, you know, or, or any dating relationship when you finally, when the person finally says yes, you know, it's all excited and, and, you know, you're in it to win it. And then it's really what matters is two, three, four, five years down the road. And that's when you have to really nurture a relationship. That, that same analogy can be applied to, to what we do in our marketing. We have to keep our patients involved, keep them a part of our practice. We have to continue sending them newsletters about what's going on. We, we have to continue sending them value-added content that helps them. So you know these people have hearing aids. And you know, Brady, a lot of marketers, hearing aids have, you know, they're complicated in some mm-hmm. respects. So what, what are some educational pieces that we can send to our current patients to, to help them with the care of their hearing aids? It's really about propinquity. It's, it's really a keeping our practice top of mind with those current users. They know the process. They know it works. They're obviously happy. Now we just got to keep ourselves top of mind. And mm-hmm. we can do that through social media. We could do that through even the good old follow-up call, <laughs> just saying how you're yeah. doing. You know, so a mentor told me once, if you call someone and ask them, hey, I was thinking about you, that means a lot to people, not just mm-hmm. personally, but also as a practice. So it's mm-hmm. all about propinquity. Can, let's, let's stay in front of those users that know us. Mm-hmm. Like a long lost friend. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, propinquity is a is a new word. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that. That's uh, that the two quarters coming your way for your fifty cent word. Um, <laughs> I, I think um, you know if if we we think about current users, you know, really as the other side of that coin of competitive users, you know, we need to confirm that they're in the right place. So rather than you mm-hmm. know, looking around to seek confirmation, we already provide it to show them what could be better. What, you know, is there new technology? Are there new devices or ancillary technologies that will work in conjunction with your hearing devices? Do you have easy solutions to pairing your new phone and things like that? And then, you know, for those, the scorned lovers, hopefully we don't have many of them, but if we do, you know, how can we, how can we fix what's wrong? How can we 
um, best match their expectations with the realities of, of their particular situation or device. And, you know, there's, there's great service. There's new letter, new, um, newsletters that we send out, giving people demos of new technology when they come in, especially identifying mm-hmm. where they are in kind of that, that buying cycle, touches and delighting them. And I think, you know, the phone call goes so far. It, it's easy to really forget how important that voice is and just having somebody, to your point, say, yeah, I was just thinking about you. I haven't seen you in a while or, you know, I know your daughter was graduating. How'd it go? I know you, you, know, you, you were getting ready to retire. That's a, a huge step. How you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, we need to, to really continue to have that emotional touch with, with patients that we developed in the office. And and, you know, that is, is simply a reality, I think, of, of any business anymore, much less specific to audiology. And mm-hmm. healthcare, I think, is one of those places where it's in- incredibly important. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know if when I leave the, the dentist's office, I, I will get a call from the dentist later that evening on, on her way home. She'll call and just check on me. You know, not oh. because anything significant happened, but just you know, that is kind of the the, the level of care and the standard of care in some ways is going down and other ways is, is people are raising their game and, and we need to be ahead yeah. of that. So I, I think uh, just to add two final points, these are our current patients. They, they really just want to have an open dialogue. And I think being open and honest and, and asking them, all right, you're looking for something better. How can we help? You know, you've, mm-hmm. you've been maybe, hopefully you haven't been hurt before. You know, how can we mm-hmm. help that? You're seeking that confirmation. How can how can we confirm you? I, I think having that open and honest dialogue through your marketing, but also through your, your personal touch points during the follow-up, during a demo fit, uh, during just a, a regular office visit, uh, having that honesty because, you know, after they get through this process, after they go from a non-user to a competitive user to a current user, that's a long time. I mean, there's been relationship developed, and, and I think – posturing yourself as, again, with the authority, but also empathetic, we understand, and we're going to fix it, or we want to make it better, always. Mm-hmm. I think that's key. And, and then my last point is, it's a lot cheaper to keep current users <laughs> than yeah. lose them and try to get competitive or, or uh, non-users. So, you know, if you're thinking about your marketing investments, and you're thinking about you know, where's your, if you look at your stats and look where your business comes from, I'm sure a lot of it comes from current users. We got to invest in that. We, we can't forget that. We can't just rely on that. We have to nurture that and grow that pie. So just, just thinking about, you know, the cost of gaining a patient, we'll think about the cost of losing a patient. Yep. No, I, I think that's a, an incredibly valuable point. So, um, you know, our, our takeaway is really that when we're, we're looking at, at marketing, make sure you consider different categories of folks that we're trying to reach and how we're reaching them and, and where we want to invest those dollars. This was our Marketing the Mission call recap podcast. Justin, I want to thank you for joining me today. Pleasure. Uh, My pleasure. And we will, uh, it was great having you and we look forward to having you join us on, on future calls as well. So thanks everybody out there for listening and we'll see you next time.